What is now? That school has nothing to teach me. I told you what I want. You don't want to help me? Fine. I'll do it myself. Look. That's what you want? You want me to teach you how to be a killer? Sure. No problem, I teach you, but you'll be dead in five years. <clears throat> if you want to be a killer and survive, you got to be a smart one. You have to know things besides how to pull a trigger. You have to know how the world works, how people think. You got to learn, understand how to be psychological. And I cannot teach you that unless you learn the basics at school. You got that? Come on, what's it going to be? Catalina, you choose. Come on. Now, choose. Come on. What you want? Choose. Better. Welcome to Franchise Killer, a podcast where we pick movie franchises or wannabe franchises, review them film by film, and see where things went wrong. Or right. right. I'm Reese. To my left is David. Further off to my left, Irina. Across from me, Noah. And leaving behind beautiful aromatic orchids at the scenes of his many crimes, we have AJ. Uh, that was a little odd. <laughs> well, you're a little odd. Why was gonna, it odd? I'm gonna have to change up my calling card now. You're on to me. Uh, <laughs> you just let it? everybody know. <laughs> getting a little, getting a little too close to home, huh? Yeah, all right, I might start uh, just cutting out letters from magazines and pasting them on the letters now. Mm, that's smart. <laughs> Zodiac idea. killer. After 22 episodes that Aiden's been a part of, the cops are finally closing in on him. I think we've done more than that. Well, I know, but in the in the ep- never mind. <laughs> in the movie, 22 people. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, today, of course, we're talking about Columbiana, a movie that came out in 2011, directed by uh, and forgive me if I get this wrong, Olivier. Megaton. Megaton. But is it, yeah, if you just Megaton. say it, if you, if you just read the name, it's it's Megaton, which I like. No, I, you just made that sound like something out of like a 1980s Transformers movie. That was yeah. the point. Megaton. It's supposed to be uh, Starscream. <laughs> Megaton. It like. oh, that hey, is true. We got That's that from right. uh, last episode. We saw a little bit of that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, this guy has no good movies to his name. Oh my God. Um, Reese. <laughs> But I'm going to list them off anyway. He's actually had a couple of French movies that really there's no critical reception for them. So they could be good or bad. I don't know. They're French. Like he had to find this role as a big time director somehow. So, uh, But the ones y'all will know are Transporter 3, Taken 2, Taken 3, and most recently the Netflix film The Last Days of American Crime, which has the rare distinction of being one of the few films with a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you kidding me? Wow. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Uh, He's breaking all sorts of records. History there. Yeah. And then he uh, ju- jumps straight into making a musical. Wait, what? A musical. Like, this is based on the, like the original play, I think. The play was first or the album. I can't remember. Well, I, you're going to have to elaborate on this one, AJ. Evita? You didn't see oh. a lot with this movie? My you have gosh. the South American orphan girl who blends well into society and tries to take down the corruption. You know, 
I don't know if this that's This is the exactly one. Evita. I kind of wish we watched Evita, to be honest. Isn't Evita... <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? I mean... Okay, AJ, as always... Was <laughs> No, but <laughs> relatively, no. but we'll, we'll find a place for you in this episode. Uh, uh, this movie stars, yeah, <laughs> this movie, this movie stars Zoe Saldana, Jordi Moya, Lenny James, Michael Varton, and Cliff Curtis. It's written by Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. Luke Besson, our old friend. Besson. Yep. Behind Leon. What happened? talk about it okay <laughs> uh so yeah this is a sort of spiritual sequel to leon the professional though after watching this movie like that is a stretch it's just terrible like it's <laughs> listen it's not way to re- should happen anyway. way to reveal your hand early I'm sorry i mean it's really good no this uh so that fixes it they stole the thunder of leon so <laughs> yeah all right totally. So Colombiana came about because uh, Luc Besson started his Europa Corp uh, production company, and the people that owned the rights to Leon the Professional were very upset about that. But Luc Besson had the script for the sequel to this movie, or what would be the sequel, which would pick up where uh, Matilda. Matilda left off at the end of the last film, and it would be a story about her uh, growing it into be her own kind of... Uh, accomplished assassin of sorts. Yes, professional. So this one takes some of the bones of that story and just basically takes it to a different location, changes all the names of the characters, erases any, you know, Leon-esque, you know, character in the back. Like, there's no references to It's a different movie. Yeah, there's no (laughs) references to a person that trained her. There is a person who trains her in this movie, uh, but... Basically, all the, the slate is wiped clean, but the the bare minimum of that original script is kind of kept intact. Now, I haven't read that script, so I don't know how much it is pulling from it, but Luc Besson is a writer on this, so I have to imagine it has a good amount of plot beats. Noah uh, read the script. Oh, yeah, Noah read the script, too. Yeah, but yeah. We're, not gonna, we're, we're not gonna call back to him for that. Oh, okay. That's basically Reese shutting down my improv. <laughs> that was Reese's way of doing that. I, I kind of you know drafted off of it a little bit and then shut it down yeah yeah you did it it was well played (laughs) uh anyway for those who are new to this show on this podcast we first go over our thoughts on the film before revisiting it for the episode then we dive into the story break it down bit by bit and talk about the more significant moments then towards the end of the show we give our brief reviews and numbered scores along with an analysis on the health of the franchise and whether or not this film hurt it so you guys had y'all seen Colombiana before your prep for this episode. Let's go with AJ. No, I had not. Although, oddly, it had been recommended to me. Um, so I no longer speak with that person who recommended it to me. <laughs> Wait, they, they're blacklisted. <laughs> no, uh, it, it had been talked about, I think, in probably discussions on, I don't know, Zoe, Zoe Saldana's work or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard it, of it, but had not seen it until now. It is weirdly, despite me not, not to, I, I haven't seen this film, just to be clear, or had not seen it before this episode, but it is weirdly one of the ones that I think of when I think of the actress Zoe Saldana. I'm like, Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, Columbiana. Like, I don't know why, oh, Star Trek, I guess as well. But Columbiana always comes up for some reason, because it's like, that. that's one of her few 
I don't know, starring lead roles. Yes. Uh, Even though I hadn't seen him, it's one of those, the images that flashes across my mind when I think of that actress. She deserves better. I agree. But, uh, Irina. Yeah, never saw this. Um, I, when the name first came up, it didn't sound familiar at all. But then seeing some of the imagery when we were getting ready to watch the movie, there was something vaguely familiar. So I must have seen a trailer at some point, but I never followed up on that. Yeah. David. No lo había visto. Mm, what does that mean? It means I have not seen this movie. You have not seen it? No, never heard of it either. I feel like AJ's pulling out all these movies that I've never heard of. It's one of those, you see the cover, you're like, maybe? Maybe I saw it somewhere? Well, it's no Yeti football, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's no Mummy Tomb of the Dragon let's, Emperor. Let's be real here, though, guys. Which one would you rather watch? Well, okay, I don't want to. Uh-huh. Let's not Insert reveal our hands here. <laughs> I, I don't want to reveal our hands too early here. We're, I know we're like, we're just chomping at the bit to talk about this, but let's try to keep... We're all frothing at the mouth. This week yeah. was my first time watching it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Noah. Never. Never. <laughs> and I, I think I know, I, I, based off your reaction, the moment you finished seeing it, I, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get into that story. But before we do that... David, you want to do a quick call to action for us? I'll see what I can do. Reese, what if I told you that we didn't even need to do a call to action because every single person is going to give us a five-star review on Apple after this? I'd call you a liar. Uh, you can call me a liar. Check it next week. We're going to go on there. We're going to have five reviews. All five listeners are going to give us... Yeah, that's great, right? <laughs> I don't even think that's likely. That's not likely at all. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You got you to gotta be optimistic. All 3,000... Yeah, I, I don't think we've had 3,000 viewers, but... You. Yeah, you. The one Listeners, listening. by the way. Listeners, all of them. Anyway, we have uh, a podcast here. We review movies. We need that five-star review on Apple. It helps us in the algorithm and promotes us to more people, which is what we're ha- here to do. We also have an Instagram. We have a Twitter man by Reese. We kind of have a war going on. Uh, if you could follow us more on Instagram, that'd be great for me. Uh, we also have a YouTube with some of our episodes, so check us out. I'll say in this war, uh, David is the Alamo. <laughs> I'm holding on, man. <laughs> you're, you're taking out as many of my troops as you can, or my soldiers. I'm literally just trying to sabotage our uh, own podcast for my it, own gain. It is a losing battle for you, sir. I'm sorry. Mm. <sighs> you are better. No, I'm not better. But I, I like, the, the funny thing is you put more effort into the Instagram, and I just like, I guess I'll throw a tweet out there this week. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like more people follow on Twitter. I just think it's a, a, a in this outlet, it makes more sense. Yeah, I, I think Twitter does have a more avid, like, podcast following. We might be talking about this a little too much. No, let's, let's dig deeper. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kidding. Let's not. We need to go back. Okay. Thanks for that brilliant call to action. This is why I always come to you for this. Hey, man, there's going to be somebody who gives us a like on uh, Apple Podcasts now. Or Pod Chaser, something that doesn't help us. <laughs> exactly. Hey. Uh, no, if you want to give us active. one of those. <laughs> How about this? I will say this from every episode from now on. I challenge you, listener, you, to share this. Tell one person about this podcast. Yes. Right now, do it. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, how about you uh, give us that story there?
teach you how to be a killer? But I just remember where you came from. Who are you? Not from the service. There's 22 murders in the last four years. I'm doing this my way. Why? You know why. She's going after us. She's just a girl. Take care of it. I don't know if something or, or someone hurt you before. Find her! Look everywhere! In 1992, in Bogotá, Colombia, a drug lord, Don Luis Sandoval, sends his henchman Marco to a group of killers to kill Fabio Restrepo and his family because Fabio is intent on leaving the life of crime behind. Fabio gives his nine-year-old daughter, Catalaya, a smart media computer memory card with the information on Don Luis's business and tells her it is her passport. He also gives her the address of her uncle Emilio, a criminal in Chicago, who will take care of her. The last thing he gives her is his mother's Catalaya orchid necklace. However, Fabio and his wife, Alicia, are gunned down as Catalaya escapes to the United States after handing over the memory card to the U.S. Embassy later escaping their grasp as well. Catalaya finds her uncle Emilio in Chicago and asks him to train her as a killer. I want to challenge y'all, before we dive into this, each of y'all, I'm going to go round table. Let's say something positive about this section. No. What do you mean? Are you implying that we don't have much good to say? I, I have a feeling that this is like lambs to the slaughter, basically. Uh, and I want to shine a light on something about this particular section of this movie or okay. it's a big plot or i mean a, a big portion of the story Let, let's say something nice before we really mm-hmm. really dive in all right i'm gonna go first before someone steals it okay <laughs> establishing shot pretty cool okay. intro uh really got into the feel of um bogota bogota however you bogota. want to pronounce it yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, like the uh, the favelas, or is that what they're called? Like the well, favelas uh, is in. Um, yeah, that's South America. Sorry, that's Brazil. Yeah. Uh, what did what did they call the rolling I'm, hills of Colombia? There you go. Can I go next? Yeah, go ahead. Nine year old parkour. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was just love that brilliant. Uh, I will say, I was kind of amused by the throw up scene. <laughs> Okay, I I weirdly liked that. You know, it was kind of unexpected. I was like, I haven't seen that in a movie. Full commitment. Uh, Arena, you got anything? No, no, that's 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 honestly the one I was going to say. Where I, as a child actress, she's not that bad. I I I liked her as an establishing character. Also, I I think they spent a little more time with her. I guess as a child, than I would expect. Yeah, it's like a twenty-five. 30 minutes or something. It's, and I don't mind that. I, I kind of like it that sometimes they cut. She just sits there cut, staring. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they cut a little too quickly from, you know, the this established child to the, you know, main point of the film. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll get more into her. Well, uh, yeah. I just want to hear the brief, like, oh, okay. positive so moments vomit, before we actually dive note in. For the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, you got a positive note? Um. I liked when she stabbed him in the hand. She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm a child. I'm scared. Never mind. I'm going to stab you in the hand and then run out the window. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that leads into Noah's parkour scene, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's out of the way. Well, I uh, want to discuss this a little bit because we're talking about the establishing shot, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And that's so what we're going to compare this yeah. to Leon a little bit. So do the feel of, you know, the little environment they're in. 
Do we get that same kind of feel? Does this feel like another? No, not at all. This this seems like I actually the the establishing shot is decent, but mm-hmm. before that, the opening to this movie is the credits over this like really shoddily put together montage mm. of like various atrocities that have occurred in this region and it just seems it seemed cheap to me like so, I, yeah. I do like the the i do like the shot of the yeah. the location at right after that montage but right from the get-go i knew that this was inferior and this is i my right arrow key was pretty heavily used for that. <laughs> I'm going to uh, comment on that in more of a positive way where I I think as a director, they I, I think there was an establishment, well, not an establishment, but there's this an established idea that this won't be Leon the professional and they shouldn't try to make it that way. It's, I, I think from the start, I realized, yeah, this isn't going to be an artsy film. This is something that's a little more of a action kind of like, I don't know. I, I got at first Jason Bourne or, yeah. you know, yeah. some, some kind of action film feeling from it. Uh, Leon the Professional has an intro that's very kind of dreamlike, you know, coming upon a setting that yep. feels surreal where this is... This is trying to be a little more. So it's more kinetic. Yeah, like, exactly. Definitely got yeah. the Hollywood, uh, well, Hollywood, Hollywood coat of paint. Yes, yes. exactly. Super Even high though it's contrast. Got kind of indie bones under the skin, Exactly. I, guess. I think it was trying to, it, it seemed like it was trying to come across as uh, a little more Western. Yeah. And, and look, I tried to wipe my brain of like Leon the Professional because this movie does do a lot to separate itself from that. Right. But then I started comparing it to its other counterparts, like what it's actually trying to be. Right. And it still comes up short. Mm-hmm. Like this, a uh, Jason Bourne, this is not. Like this is not. Like Jason Bourne has great action, a compelling story. Mm. Uh, this has none of that. Like, uh, Hey, this I, has a girl that wants vengeance on a so family. So David, you want to pull those scores? <laughs> it sounds the like end. everybody's made up their mind. No, okay. Uh, l- yeah, I'll, let's let's talk about <laughs> try to reel it back in. Let's talk about her. Uh, what's her name? Amanda Loss uh, Stenberg as the young Catalina. I think she's fine in this. She's given a decent material to work with. I think out of all the 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 lines in this movie, the written, the writing, it's best for her. Like, yeah. I think she's, she gets by. Because most of it Wait, is childish. do you not like the, the scene with her dad? It's like, I would have rather he yelled and threatened to kill my family. Oh, my gosh. That line, every, like, I, I ended up seeing that part twice. And each time, it just kind of, do you ever watch a movie where someone speaks a line and you're like, that was not the best take? Like, yeah. that, and that uh, would no. have been written differently. Well, well pro- uh, the problem is with the movie is essentially the writing because yeah there's so much writing or, or dialogue that is like let me explain everything that i am feeling right now to yeah. you and why i'm feeling it and what it's going to mean soap versus esque yeah it yeah. is very i actually wrote that's in my notes this is a soap opera and yeah. david lean over look I'm look leaning. what this look what this says right here this is soap opera leon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that uh overreaction or over overacting on that especially on that part kind of threw me off because I was like, is this guy an undercover, you know, uh, agent, government agent or something like that for another foreign, like the U S or something like that. But no, he's just, you know, genuinely trying to get out. I never got that impression because of that 
response from him. I didn't understand that whole thing with her dad. Like, it, it seemed yeah. like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he a drug lord? Like, what does he do? There's something kind of, um, even though this is supposed to be a very threatening environment, it, it is not threatening. And I think um, an issue that st- starts from the very beginning of this film and carries through is the music cues. They're very confusing. There are a lot of music cues that don't match up with what is happening. Yeah. And it kind of, it didn't feel like it was written for the scenes that were actually going on. Almost like a score was improvised Mm -hmm. and then sort of cut up and put into places. Irene and I were watching the scene with her boyfriend and it's super intense music. Like, is somebody going to stab one of the other people? Like, I don't. And then they would just transition to the next scene as if nothing was going wrong. I'm like, why was that there? Yeah, so, I'm, I'm not quite sure. So for any of our listeners who are confused, like I feel like we're shotgun blasting this movie with all these various random criticisms and ideas. But we're talking about the portion where our lead character, uh, she, she's the young Catalia. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. Catalia. Yeah, the young Catalia. Her parents are killed and... Now she's just she's bailing on this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a a deal between her dad and this drug lord, I guess, or yeah, some, whatever some, he is. Yeah, and her parents are killed, and now she's kind of on the run. She stabs the guy in the hand who mm-hmm. is trying to get her to give him something. I don't remember. Uh, what it's it was. a chip. There's yeah, a the, microchip. The chip. That's right. Yeah, yeah. passport. No, specifically the uh, smart media computer memory card. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but computer magic. Another Did they thing. Ever explain what was on that. Something to do Just with incriminating the incriminating evidence uh, against Don Luis. Yeah, Correct. clearly didn't work. Well, uh, she does end up escaping, and she runs into Cliff Curtis's character later on. His name's Emilio uh, Restrepo. That's mm-hmm. I think that's it. Uh, Cliff Curtis is an actor that I like. I love it when he shows up in movies. He was in he, a previous one we did recently. Yes, uh, he I I. He's always solid, but in this one, like, what he's given to do is, it's just executed yeah. so, it's just wrong. Well, you don't like the Leon scene where he just, in broad daylight, shoots at cars outside of a school? <laughs> yeah, th- there's a line before this where she was, he, she was like, I want to be a killer, and he's like, sure. And then he pulls out his gun, in the like, after picking up... Then I pulled out my gun? And then just straight up shoots a random car that's driving by that then runs into a fire hydrant. And then they stand there for like five minutes. Even when the police get here, he just like puts his gun into his jacket. He's like, nope, the gun's away. They'll never find me. I I, I feel like this movie has, um, there are so many elements to it that are played out very seriously combined with moments that seem like it's supposed to be campy. Yeah. You know? And so that would be one of those scenes where if this were a campy film, it, it would be like uh, th- there would be a drinking game. It's like, everybody take a shot when uh, Emilio shoots up a car in the middle of, you know, broad daylight yeah. or something. It is Chicago. It, <laughs> yeah. There you go. So it's, I, I think with this scene, though, specifically, I think as I was watching it, I think it was trying to establish that in this area of the city, he's kind of a big deal, you know? Like, he offers money to that uh, principal so that she can go to school. And once he leaves, she she kind of shudders, you know, kind of like she encountered someone uh, threatening. uh, Or he's a big name in the neighborhood. So I think there's almost this 
he can swing his weight if he wants to aspect, but it doesn't come across clearly enough in the visual storytelling of this film. It just seemed for me that even as this, you know, person who is of some import to this Mm -hmm. part of the city, like just, I didn't take him as this reckless character who would just randomly pull out his gun to shoot something. And then I pulled out my gun. And and then one of his, (laughs) is that a reference to something? It It is. is. I'm not getting it. That's too bad. (laughs) What is it from? R. R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's (laughs) particularly the South Park reference to R. Kelly. Okay, cool. Tom Cruise come out of closet. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying? Uh, (laughs) Where was it? You want Uh, a big D energy, man. Emilio, his kiss character, his delivery. I get where you're coming from. Like, I wanted to like him, but it was that soap opera effect. You know, not the motion part, the actual delivery of the lines. It's like, this is just, like Irina said, it's, we don't know if we're supposed to take this seriously or not, but I'm not taking it seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this whole scene is his line following this big scene is like, if you want to be a killer, you have to be smart. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure what you just did there was kind of stupid. That was exactly what like, I said when I saw this. Like, you were <laughs> not providing your ABCs. a good example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what would it be? The gun or the backpack? Meanwhile, the cop cars are pulling up outside. Mm. <sighs> yeah. There's um immediately there's just a a confusion as far as what the purpose of this film is. Yeah, I don't know if that's a callback to Leon too, where Leon couldn't read, or if that was just. If it was a callback, it was a bad one because there there are parallels between Leon and uh, Emilio that I feel like they're trying to really like hit home, and it's just done so much more nuance with more nuance in Leon the professional, like it's. He, he's trying to, in Leon the Professional, he's really trying to take, not get her into this life, but he, he doesn't take that much to persuade. Same in this situation, but in Leon, you believe it because he is not simple-minded, but more of a, mm. I don't know, he's Slow. a more pliable character, I guess, where you, right. you, he could more easily be convinced. This guy's just, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I like how when she asked him, I want to be a killer, he's like, okay. Like, yeah. No hesitation. No, he says, sure. Dude. Sure. And talk about the most unnatural way for that to come about. I want to be a killer. Just straight up. They didn't ever allude to her character before the incident or after. They just suddenly had her jumping into action, stabbing people, parkour running. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I'm apparently a genius kid. I'm going to swallow the microchip because I, I know exactly what to do. I, well, could, I, I could make it stretch where like, hit her family knows what they're in for, you know, and they kind of taught her certain self-defense things or little tricks or things like that she should know in case of an emergency. Like, yeah. I, I can make that stretch. I, I but, bought that more but, as like her father probably taught her these right. things. Okay, but with all the time that, for me, they wasted in this beginning stage of her as a child, why not develop that side then? Well, that that's probably more of the, the I bet you the script was really good in regards to like yeah. how it balanced the child version and the mm-hmm. adult version. It's just, I think the execution of this is poor. Regardless. Like and also remember, we were already supposed to have seen that in Matilda. Right. So it, yeah, Matilda was supposed to be kind of uh, that, um, 
Yeah, this established identity, I guess. Liaison. Okay. The first twenty-five minutes of Form. this is like this is a recap, even right. though it's like completely reframing the story in a different yeah. way. Yeah. And also, how but, many people are going to go into this movie from a movie based in the nineties to the? Oh yeah, this is the storyline that carries mm. on the the storyline. I, I. Yeah, it's 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 just a kerfuffle. Okay. Um, I like that. But one, it just brings it to one of my biggest issues with this movie, and it is pacing is terrible mm. like they have i don't know they 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 spend this large amount of time with her as a kid and you're okay with watching that and that's mm-hmm. fine but then it the movie is actually rather short at, for what they're trying to cover at least yeah so hour so they, 48 minutes or yeah so. yeah which which is like a standard length for a film but but for this they're trying to take down a a, a drug lord, whoever this guy is, or she wants revenge. Yeah. Um, and they just like glaze through almost all of this. They throw in like a haphazard romance, and it like. Yeah, but it, I it think we is, haven't gotten to that no, point yet. I, I know. I'm just covering the fact that right. like the the pacing throughout this whole movie is just wacky. No, yeah. it, I definitely think that the pacing. I mean, it's supposed work. to be the fast paced, sleek Hollywood action. Right. Yeah. I think we need to move on with that story. Yeah, let's let's uh, move on with that story. Fifteen years later, a grown Catalea has become an accomplished assassin. Her uncle serves as her broker, providing her with contracts. With each murder she commits, she leaves her signature, the Catalea flower, which is a message to her ultimate target, Don Luis. When Emilio finds out that Catalea is killing outside of the contracts as well, he begs her to stop as attracting Don Luis's attention will only endanger their lives, but she refuses and they have a falling out. After spending the night with boyfriend Danny Delaney, Danny takes a photo of her sleeping and then shows it to a friend, who then has her investigated for a background check. Oh, God. That scene. Uh, we'll get uh, to it. Okay, but. <laughs> so Zoe Saldana yeah. as Catalea. How do we feel she does in this movie? Does she carry this movie is she a a strong leading lady here? So I I actually I really like her for what she's given. She does a very good job, and the style of stealth, especially in the beginning, I really enjoy. It's kind of cat burglar like. Mm-hmm. And well, I would uh, say Halle Berry. Yeah, I got David, a cat, David I got and I were vibes, yeah. David and I were talking about Catwoman a lot, and um, I think it works for basically the kind of body language that she's able to convey so i really liked that intro to her character um i think she thought she was in a very different film (laughs) every time i've listened to an interview with her she's always talking about luc besson and all his films and how much she loves them and wants to give you know really wants to flesh out this character and try Mm -hmm. and follow up all those uh female leads before her so I think she she went into this thinking of it as, you know, strongly um, relating to all those other films, which it does not. So, I, yeah. It doesn't fit with her environment. I thought it was interesting because I guess she had lunch or something with Luc Besson, and he was explaining how he wanted her for the role. He's like, but I don't want to give you the script unless you're 100% on board and serious. Right. He described what the character was and the storyline. She's like, are you kidding me? I'd have to be stupid not to want this. Yeah. And, and from then on, you're like, he didn't have huh. that conversation with everybody else. Yeah, well, well I, that's refreshing, too, uh, because I definitely saw that passion in her performance. 
Um, yeah. It wasn't, you know, some big name actor who is just phoning this in for a paycheck. Right. Like, despite, yeah. mm. you know, they recognize this as a good or bad movie, they are still doing their job and doing their best to their ability. And right. so we got yeah. that from her. And despite, like, some some of the lines she's given, I do think she she competently carries this movie on her yeah. shoulders. Uh, I don't think she saves the movie, but she's definitely, like, not a detriment to the yeah. proceedings. I was yeah. convinced that she thought she was a professional, or she came across as a professional in her scenes. Exactly. Where she's yeah. the only thing I, on screen that's, you know, it was, it was working. I don't understand the character we're supposed to be rooting for in this movie yeah. because she's not like Leon or Matilda. It's not oh, like, well, okay. I mean, this so is a pure the, revenge movie. Yeah. Like, can it's I, can not a vigilante, really. I mean, she's got one motive for her own revenge. And right. I do get the fact that she learned well to be smart about what her objective is. I mean, her... Like methodology, she pretends to be this drunk woman, only carries a library card with her, so they don't have her real name. Yeah. And that, like everything when she leaves is all methodical. And I appreciated that. So I do, yeah. I am convinced that she learned well and is good at her job. That's that it's more, uh, it's less that her methods for killing, like whenever she would kill someone, it was okay, that was thought out. She thought this out, great. Yeah. But her problem so, was with risking other people's lives yeah. that she cares about and the way she did it mm -hmm. was not smart i do have i do have a that i i can see how that's frustrating but at the same time i think it's an issue of the way this movie is filmed and what they chose to focus on because even yeah when you watch uh interviews with her um zoe saldana she's talking about the motivations of the character and it you can tell that she does have a beat on this character she knows exactly what she's doing and she's trying her hardest to convey that and the purpose was that or her motivation is clearly to avenge her family and zoe saldana describes her character as a girl that she was traumatized at a young age and while she is a a killer and lethal she's still kind of a child and so her motivations are yes kind of childish because she's been stunted so i think i yeah i get that she's motivation surviving. i i understand it it's just the way this movie is framed doesn't encourage that i aspect. think i think she did a lot more research and character study she on did. her character than the director did yeah like, I this think is so. like i think this is the perfect definition of a complete disconnect between actor and director right when i look at this director and i'm not trying to slight olivier megaton however you say his name yeah uh, but he's it's very run-of-the-mill action filmmaking there's no dimensions or layers to his his films and this is an actor just really getting into it more than anyone else is right she's doing the homework right whereas mm -hmm. no whereas Olivier is just like, let's shoot an action movie. I wonder <laughs> like, if it yeah. also came down to the fact that they had multiple different countries involved in this. I guess, I don't know if it was yeah. if it was the, the studio that had these different countries, but what, you had uh, Spain, France, and the US um, involved in this? Yeah. So there's a lot of different moving parts and a lot of people speaking different languages on set and directing different people. Yeah. yeah. So apparently that got confusing for some of the people well, on I think, set. Here again, yeah. it's, you know, an indie movie in Hollywood clothing. So the director, yeah. as Reese is saying, is going for that Hollywood market, that audience, that feel, that tone. Right. You know, and then the support, or, you know, the people like Besson, who originally had the idea, I would imagine, and uh, Zoe Saldana, 
like they want something more, so they're trying to elevate it more. So yeah. it's that mismatch. Yeah, and, and I also give slight points to this uh, s- this prison sequence. Mm-hmm. It it is ridiculous, but that's the tone of the movie, so I'm kind of going with it. Uh, but seeing her get out of the cell, like make her way through the ventilator shaft, have balance the spoon with the wa- the water dripping on it, uh, and then all to get back into that cell and pretend to be asleep again. I was like, okay, you know, that's entertaining. Like, if you actually dissect it, it's like, no, that wouldn't be possible. But uh, I was, I was kind of on board with this whole sequence. I enjoy that approach because it's very, um, it's kind of elegant in a way. I, I like when they try to focus on a more female element. Like, she's lethal, but she's feminine about it almost. Whereas, like, there are just as ridiculous things in male-led action films where it's yeah. like, yeah, they can't jump off a car and just land on, you yeah. know, and this like, was, that's just as ridiculous. And this was mentioned earlier, exactly. but I really, watching her, in particularly in this scene, or these scenes, I was like, she would make a great Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. she would. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, she just has the, She's, the physicality so much, of it. She has yeah. so much grace, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, the way she touches things and grabs them is so... Mm-hmm. Quiet Delicate. and stealthy. I I really appreciate that. Yeah, Zoe Saldana is great. Yeah, yeah. I think we've established that. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's great. Two yeah. thumbs up. She's a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Any anything I've said hasn't been Thanks, against David. her. It's been against yeah. the movie and its portrayal yeah. of her. So uh, we let's see. We've so far covered that uh, prison sequence. Uh, what what is the next? Uh, big so. Thing? T- the movie cuts back and forth between this bad guy who got stabbed in the hand, who I still don't know his name. Uh, I like that the, every Marco. Every, yeah, every Marco. time it would cut to the bad guys, you would just hear the like another classical piece of music play, and it's like, yep, Ave I guess Maria, we're at the wasn't we're, it? Yeah, we're at the bad guys' uh, villa right now. Also, Don <laughs> Luis almost always is sitting and has some sort of brandy or something in his hand at all time. Yeah, always. Yeah. Uh, Reclining he, in his villa. He's such a good villain. No, this he is the <laughs> this is the definition of like completely cardboard forgettable villain. Yeah. On I, every single level. Like yeah. I don't even it sounds bad, but when he I, I don't even care about getting revenge on this, this guy. This movie like, had no antagonist. Like, like yes, I, I get that we're supposed to feel bad about her parents dying, but there's a disconnect here where in this movie, I'm like, mm. you know, I really don't care about the revenge angle here like it it, and i think that's because the villain is he's not cunning or maniacal or conniving in any way he's just like bad guy and it wasn't it wasn't even personal either well because she never saw him face to face he just had his men kill her he's like way back here he doesn't even know about her name for her and she escaped doesn't know anything except this one guy she stabbed the relatability of the injustice in the beginning was ruined by the cheesy dialogue of her father, Fabio, getting in the car. And it's like, you know, it would have been worse, yada, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, yeah. what is going on? If yeah. he was like some hardworking guy, like every day, and this was an absolute travesty that he was just murdered. And, mm. you know, that yeah. kind of disconnect would have been, you know, between the Don, the the criminal world that runs everything, and the average person um, and then she comes from nothing yeah. and makes her, him aware of who she is, makes a name for herself. Um, that would have been a lot more growth, but here's just also, like, why. 
Also, like, you're coming off of Leon the Professional, which I know this movie doesn't advertise itself as a sequel, but that movie has Gary Oldman as its primary villain, who is just turned up to 11. And now you have this movie that is, it's kind of this schlocky action film where an over-the-top performance would be perfectly at home in these confines. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you doing? He's like, literally just, subdued like, the entire movie. No, I want this guy to just go, I don't care if you're a bad actor, go all out. Like, just do something completely insane. Yeah. Because right. that that's like, that's what this franchise is, if yeah. you want to call it a franchise. And you even have, Marco, the enforcer, like, is has more screen time than mm-hmm. the big boss. He mm-hmm. does. And I'm half expecting this guy to have some kind of redemptive arc, because he seems like he's got some kind of soft side, even though he's the one that killed her parents. Yeah. Right. Like, but, it's completely ambiguous on how he's supposed to be. Also, I want to clarify something with the villains. So, when she, in the beginning of the movie, has that thing she gives to the CIA or whoever. The chip. The chip. Um, it seemed like what they did uh, later on in the movie they were explaining is they took Don, Luis, and Marco and them, and they're like, all right, we're going to arrest you, but really we're not. We're going to give you a villa, and you're just going to provide intelligence for us. Like, that's what it seemed like they were doing, but they did not make that very clear. Did you guys get that? Yeah. Yeah, you Later did. On, okay, eventually. it was not very clear. I had to like rewatch that mm. to to understand. Well, the problem is, well, this, we did this... see that one guy walk in is like just all you know nonchalant. His handler, whoever it was, that we see later on, right? Like being all chummy with him. Like you see, there's that corruption, whatever. But so, what does it provide yeah, for the it was story? After the fact, nothing. It does nothing. It literally, if they didn't include that, it would it have made more sense. It's a complicating factor that's supposed to provide tension that absolutely did not provide tension. Yeah, if you want to add something complicated to your film, provide a reason for us to want to figure out why that is complicated. Yeah, this just has like complications, and it's expecting you—it's expecting you to be invested in it just because it's like convoluted. Right. Like, but no, you have to like dangle a carrot of something that's interesting at the end of this convolution. That is that convolution a word? (laughs) Uh, But to make me want to figure it out, I don't even care. Like, I, I don't want to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time I was lost and I usually I'm usually able to follow along with some kind of tricky plot moves. I I still have to rewatch things to understand, but this one did sort of it's almost like there was a connection made that you're supposed to pick up on, but it was quickly swept under the rug or the way it was displayed, like you said, was just not impactful enough to remember. You know, mm-hmm. so you're now you're just kind of left a little confused as to the motives of all the characters in play. Yeah. Well, I felt that same way with their weird uh, romantic comedy side quest. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about oh, yeah, the, the boyfriend? Yeah, let's the, talk about the boyfriend. Well, right? Let's he talk an ar- the boyfriend. Artist? He's an artist. He's sensitive. And somehow he knows what a cattle is. This this just struck me as like this director, his comfort zone is action movies. Right. Uh, I don't think he's that great at that. In the first place, but mm-hmm. now he's trying to graft on this like side plot of some sort of, you know, romance character. Like yeah. he's trying to comment on how she she Jeez. problem with intimacy because she's this stone cold killer and she doesn't want to talk about her life. And then insert this boyfriend character. Knock who's off like, Ryan Reynolds. No, tell me something about yourself. I don't know anything about you. One yeah. One uh, of the the sorry. One of the cringiest things about it too is that they tried so hard to 
let like t- like they jabbed the audience saying she said her name was Jennifer. Yeah. So this guy every single time he's like Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer <laughs> but but why Jennifer? The betrayal. And it's, it's, it's so, hey Jennifer, you want to get coffee, Jennifer? Hey Jennifer, exactly. Jennifer, why don't you stay in the morning? It, it was so, it was so. Uh, I I know it, probably people can overlook that, yeah. but for me that no, was just I, I a big it. tell that like man, think, this is not a real relationship. I think part of it too is that um, this actor, like I, sorry who whoever he is. Um, <laughs> he is not on the same level that Zoe Saldana yeah. is. Michael Varton. Yeah. yeah. So when you... There there are many movies that have this, where they try to pair two actors, but they didn't do a chemistry test, you know? They just yeah. kind of like, you look good, let's, let's have let's you just be make, the romantic interest. There will be fireworks, y'all yeah. are just beautiful. And uh, you're beautiful, so everyone's going to love you. It's like but, throwing... Um, it's speaking like throwing of beautiful, I got oh, super sick of all the times there was a guy saying like, oh, she's pretty, or like, is she hot? You know, like the mm, yeah. in reference to her. It's yeah. like, why is this necessary? But um, back to the main point. It's just uh, you can tell when two characters are on screen together and they just do not have the same star power. Mm-hmm. And that was this yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Zoe Saldana paired with kind of a, a almost frat, like frat a boy, like a a basement l- a dweller, very. Uh, <laughs> Did you say basement dweller? Yeah. Like, I, I was gonna say it's like throwing Don Julio in a frozen margarita. Well, it's like it's it's a it's this uh, well-known Hollywood actress being paired with a guy that came off his first uh, TV show set. You know, yeah. like he 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 feels like a TV show actor to me. Which there are really good TV show actors out there, but there is kind of this um, like a procedural, yeah, like a, yeah, like, a, like exactly. kind of like kind of like this was his next take. job, you know? Yeah, like he he didn't really have heart in it. Yeah, and which who knows? Maybe that is what happened. I haven't looked into this guy's filmography. Right. I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on with the plot there. Wait, we want to talk about the picture showing it to the friend. Oh yeah, uh, so the I boyfriend. I that. The, the 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 scene where he's. This is kind of later in the story, but it happens during this moment. It's it's called it's kind of they call back to it later on in the story. But right. he does, he he takes a picture of Catalia while she's sleeping, and he's like, "Yeah, I might have shown it with one of my friends." Uh, sorry, this was so stupid. Okay, hold on, hold on. This is a scene where I honestly thought maybe there's going to be some sort of twist with the boyfriend because they keep hinting when they're together. There's this dramatic music playing. You're like, oh, like something's going to go yeah, wrong. Yeah, and then but he seems nice. And then when he takes the picture, it's super dramatic music. And you're like, oh, he's doing yeah, this almost to do something. Pretty much sinister music playing. Yep. And then so when he shows his friend though, he's like, oh no, he's not bad at all. He's just like wanting to show his friend that he has a girlfriend. Yeah. And then and then his friend has some weird connection. I, I was like, oh hey, I rewound this can three you, times. Can you look at this? Uh, my my friend who's at a computer for some reason. It was a girl who worked at the police department. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, understand this. A dispatcher. It, it, this is yeah. fast forwarding. Why? This is fast forwarding the plot, but the. The line that made me crack up the most was when they're like doing the old, they're putting together the picture on the oh uh, on the computer, and the guy who's putting it together is like, "Hmm, nice nose," <laughs> and then like pause. You have a girl, and, the, and then really? the 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 marshal's like, "Print it." 
I love, I love all the like the uh, police office magic that happens. <laughs> yeah. Where, what was it? There was this. Uh, I was half expecting. I know what scene you're thinking. I, oh, I was half expecting in that scene for them to be like enhance. Enhance. Exactly. Yeah. There was this one. Uh, there was a. Uh, what was that word? It started with an M. Do you remember, David? Like he's he's this uh, investigator. I guess is looking at his screen. And there are just so many funny moments with this guy. But he's looking at his screen and it's like morphological data or something. I don't yeah. know. Like just something that's been uh, loading up. To just from Hollywood. Yeah. But it. Oh, God. And then the, the whole printout of her calling card, which was basically drawing an orchid. Yep. On the dead bodies. Which, by the oh, way, oh, it was the most uh, abstract like, oh, orchid hey, you've ever seen. Catalina. Yeah. No, the, it was like yeah, the janitor or something. Yeah, it was no, like, it was that's a, a Catalina. That's from Colombia. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, obviously these things there. are synonymous. <laughs> oh, Catalina's? Yeah, Colombia. You must be thinking of also, that. Not to mention, he looks it up and is denied access to something. Because CIA. It said, like, CIA. It's like, access denied, CIA. You access can't look only. into he, Colombia. Yeah, he was trying to look up uh, organizations. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Let's, Sorry. let's one more one more point. Uh, the falling out with Emilio. Did you have any kind of emotional response to that? Especially zero. With, uh, I did not dead care son. at all. I should have, but I had zero. Like it was just like oh, I guess like in my head, it's like there's going to be some sort of reunion between these two. I know that doesn't happen, but I, I was just not. For one, I was not even emotionally invested in their relationship. Because right. Emilio is such like a, a clunky, unbelievable version of what Leon was in the uh, the original film. Right. Like, I just didn't buy him throughout the movie at all. I didn't I see him as trying to be an analog to Leon. I just right. felt like him. he was supposed to be the emotional grounding point. Right. But, like, it just it didn't click. And then especially with the estrangement from uh, his mother or her grandmother or whatever relationship that was, Mama, I think. Yeah. I like think he's... I, I know he's supposed to... Te- look, they're trying to convince me that he's the emotional grounding, right. but his actions do not display that to me. Yeah. Like, he'll say these things. Sob story about the son. Like, yeah, he's, he says all these things, and, and I'm like, yeah, I can get that you're trying to be this, this grounding to this character. You don't want right. her to get too out of hand with her murdering. But then he just does these things like... That are Popping against off rounds around a school ground. Yeah, exactly. It, it's <laughs> so for that, like, a, he's just not a well-rounded, fleshed-out character. And when they are, they have their fallout. I'm right. like, whatever, I guess. So I would, in this scenario, like they're they're trying to juggle two different emotional factors with Catalia. One is family. The other is love life. I get the motives for both. Like as as far as the love life thing goes, she's you could express that she has this desire to lead a normal life and that there's a reason she's attracted to this artist guy. The way it's conveyed is just very sloppy and you don't feel like you got anything out of it. The other aspect is her connection to family. And I I know we didn't cover this scene, but there is a moment where she goes to church mm-hmm. with, uh, I guess, Emilio. Is he her uncle? Uncle. Uncle, yeah. Okay. Her uncle and the other lady who's her aunt, I guess. There's a grandmother and an aunt there, too, I think, right? There's three people in that apartment. (laughs) Either way. They could all be the same person. Right. They could, yes. (laughs) But um, I just, in my opinion, I would just cut the whole boyfriend 
scenario out of the picture. Focus more on her family. That way you have more of an emotional draw where she has this desire to have a normal life. Internal conflict. You know, be with her family. There's this connection here through church and, you know, uh, the way like blood is thicker than water and all that stuff, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that. You get one measly scene of her being with her family and nothing else. Uh, There's, it's sad. There's you, a great... So mi- then, mm. like, you, it, it just takes away all the emotionality of future scenes. Yeah, this so is why sad, it's confusing... Yeah, yeah, Reese, what you're about to say is there's a good movie in here. Yes, right. it's exactly. It those are my words. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's confusing because, like, I know that this director, like, what they wanted was a dumb action movie. So why even put these other things in there tantalizing? Right. Yeah. And why been? did Luke Besson, who I assume had a big hand in getting Olivier Megaton this role as a director, why did he, like, endorse this guy? Like, uh, I, I just. Maybe he don't... just took a chance on him. Because like... even the Luke Besson of this era. He's still making decent movies. Like, there's art and craft to Luc Besson's films still. And Yeah. Ugh. He didn't know how to handle a movie with fully aged adult in it, I guess. Yeah, and this is under his <laughs> studio, too. It's Europa Corp. Like, this is a Luc Besson production, essentially. Right. Uh, but I don't anyway. see it anywhere. Anyway, we'll, we'll continue yeah, with the story. Let's move on. Yeah. After learning about this Colombian orchid... FBI agent James Ross can now link this case to more than 20 other cases and tracks. They get a pin on Catalea's photo from her being investigated and track her down to her unit, but Catalea escapes and reaches out to Emilio, whom she finds dead along with the rest of the family. She then confronts Ross at his home and threatens his family, forcing him to reach out to CIA agent Steve Richard, who oversees the witness protection program over Don Luis. With the threat on Richard's life as well, she is given the address to where Don Luis resides. Did we skip the shark scene? No, yeah, it's, it's we, during this portion. Yeah. Okay, and they just don't touch on it in the plot. But let, yeah, but, it's not. But it's so important. cool. It's that, not I, honestly, I, like that's one of my favorite sequences outside of the intro. Right. I, I thought it was dumb. Sorry. It is dumb, but it was more interesting than the other stuff we get. Yeah. It it doesn't pertain to the plot, at least from what I can tell. Uh, I, I know it's a cool visual, but was was getting in the shark tank really the only way she could no, get her way definitely in there? Not. But <laughs> Especially since she, like, killed the bodyguards, too. No, no, it made <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But she actually did swim with sharks, which I think is really cool. Yeah. She uh, took that is scuba true. lessons. Like, she got really yeah. into it just for this stupid scene. And whatever. Yeah, this movie so did not deserve her. Yeah, it, it's a... It, I'll say it is a memorable sequence, though. Like, when... Even though it doesn't have anything to do with anything else, it's just kind of this side job. Uh, I was like, okay, there's blue in the color palette now. There you go. It's not this completely orange movie. And now we have CGI sharks. Cool. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was like a, a, a nice little diversion. It was like, okay, this is what she does. And she's good at doing this, even though her, the, the way in which she did it. Yeah, it would have been nice to see weird. more of her crossing people off the list to get to her ultimate goal. But instead. Right. Oh, bada bing, bada boom! Here, I'll let you have access to this VIP and immediately have payoff for nothing, no work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of did get get into a lot of this part of the story already. We had more of the boyfriend stuff, how she's not wanting to open up to him because of her sordid life. 
and we also got into more of the villain stuff. I do like Lenny James. He was another one that I always like his roles, um, whether they're written well or not. I do like what he puts into the performance, I think. How do you feel? He's the he's Ross. He's good. I, I still think like it's a it, it's still an underwritten role. And I think especially when he uh, when he's confronted with Catalea face to face, like his turn into just wanting to help her is a little too abrupt. Yeah. Um, I know that he's like between a rock and a hard place and that's his only choice. But I wanted to see a little more resistance there from his character because he was like hell bent on finding her. Dude. And and it would have been nice to see something similar to uh, Willem Dafoe's character from Boondock Saints where he'd bring this savant type investigator who can put all these pieces together that no one else sees right. to try to track down this master professional who's escaping capture. Mm. Like I, it would have been nice to see that instead of, oh, uh, someone randomly uploaded a picture to Instagram and Yeah, I, w- I wanted to is. see him actually yeah. having, you know, a little more I wanted to see him put his skill to work. You don't see a lot of that. Like, I like to see, it's something, and and we compared this to Bourne already, but you see both sides in Bourne as well. You see it from the people who are trying to track down Bourne and Bourne himself, like what they do to try to try to kind of track him down. And there's a lot of what I like to call competency porn. Right. Where you see people just who are really good at their job doing their work and it's convincing. And you don't see that here. It's more just like he kind of barks out orders at people like, hey, we need these. Here's your dossiers. Make sure you study them. Uh, And that's it. But I I do think just uh, he does elevate this nothing role slightly above what it would be in less capable hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just completely forgets about the fact that she still killed 20 people. So the... The issue I have with this is that, um, for whatever reason, I just feel like they don't understand how the police or, you know, investigations actually operate. Because even as a layman right here, I was thinking, well, why don't they focus on what the victims have in common? Like, why why are they so focused on the person doing it? Like, there's... That's that's one of the first things you have to do is connect the victims when you have a murder spree, especially mm-hmm. when there's a calling card. There's a reason they're picking all these people. Figure out why that's happening and then anticipate what potential other murders will happen. You yeah. know, like so then you could have an interesting scenario where they anticipate one of the kills and maybe create an issue for her. Yeah. So that I, calls, I just think yeah. that would be a more natural progression rather than just kind of sitting around waiting for like their data to update, you yeah. know? <laughs> like it, it's like I got the impression that the director had all these chess pieces that he had to play at these various right. points, but he didn't like he's like, okay, this makes sense if we shove this part in here right because that'll make the story make sense but he didn't do yeah. the work to make it on, on like emotional level make sense Meanwhile, right. they're like you're playing also, mahjong yeah <laughs> yeah and so what was the whole purpose of why did she have to cross all these other guys off her list to get to don louise if all she had to do was simply strong arm two alphabet agents into you know fearing for their lives who apparently have no pr- protection or I, you know, I don't know it seemed very like to do anything it was a calling card every one was a oh, calling here you card. go 
Yeah. It seemed like a like an Assassin's Creed plot device where it's just like, oh, you got to take down all the, you know, the henchmen before you yeah. get to the big bad. But it, it didn't provide any reason Means why. Yeah. I guess the, the only explanation I could give was um, this was before her uh, uncle and... Uh, everybody else she knew died right before this that happened just before she threatens um ross agent ross right yeah mm-hmm. so i i think it could be that she was trying to find a way to ethically bring the dawn out you know to play mm-hmm. because that that was her goal was to aim for targets that were connected to him so that he would come out of hiding essentially that's that's exact that's ex- actually just what i thought she was doing but once she lost her family there's kind of a snap so she's like i'm resorting to threatening the good guys now. and it worked apparently yeah so or how good would that guys work if she unquote. knew that he was in witness protection program right i just yeah it's uh, like you you have to stretch to understand yeah. what's happening uh yeah so let's before you move on with the story i do want to talk about the whole kind of apartment raid scene that's trying its darndest to mirror the born absolutely born but also the scene from leon Mm -hmm. where it is this it's the climactic scene where they are raiding leon's apartment Uh, i got the sense that they were like okay we got to have this this big apartment raid with an explosion uh it'll be our one big explosion (laughs) and even the the blasted brick wall yes had a yeah visual so I was like, I, I felt like since that's really the climactic scene in Leon, that they're trying to kind of, you know, do their own take on that. And this was so inferior to Leon's scene, which was the, the scene in Leon was so filled with this tension and emotion and just the, the way that fight escalated in Leon was so much more compelling than this, you know, oh, they set up an explosive and now she escapes. Like, it, it was just, there was so much less at stake there where I knew she was going to get out, no problem. Uh, she sneaks through the grate like she always does. Uh, I don't know. It, it's like all, it's all flash and no substance to me. Yeah. How did y'all feel? It's all uh, telegraphed. <laughs> all flash, no substance. Sus- no well, sus- I would like to even compare this to other more um, direct com- competitors, so to speak, instead of Leon. Like you said, you know, Maybe say a transporter or a taken or yeah, you know any of the other just kind of straight action films. Even this, like these big flashy scenes, don't have any kind of lasting impact on me. Where I can pick out a car chase scene or remember, you know, something from some other movie. Even though that movie's not a great movie, it yeah. has that one memorable scene. Right. This movie doesn't have any of those. Like, yeah, there, I watched it twice, and I can't really remember until I'm rewatching it now. Yeah, there is no set piece in this movie that is memorable in the least. Sure, except for the prison scene, maybe. That yeah. yes, that I don't even consider that action. I was more referring to action. That yeah, but, I, and yeah that, you're right. Still, like the, the most action in those scenes, I don't remember. Yeah, and there's one particularly egregious action set piece that we'll get into on the 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 final portion of this story. But I I can't pick out a single scene in this movie that is executed well from, or at least in a memorable way in, in action. For something that throws aside all sorts of character development or complexity just for being simple thriller, like that's, that's, that's unacceptable, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't have anything at least visually or exciting or memorable like in that regard, it's 
what what do you have going for it? Yeah, it, it, nothing is the so answer. So we sell <laughs> uh, let's, let's finish off the story there. Meanwhile, Don Luis learns that Catalea is in the U.S. and plans to eradicate her, but she ambushes them before killing the entire gang. She also confronts, fights, and kills Marco before Don Luis flees and swears revenge. Catalea had left her attack dogs in his escape vehicle, and they kill Don on her command. Danny is last seen being interrogated by Ross, but once Ross steps out, Catalea calls him from a payphone before getting on a Greyhound bus. This final action sequence is just a scar on this film. Like I, it is so terrible, uh, underwhelming. It, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more than underwhelming. It's it's just awful. Like especially the the scene in the bathroom, where look, it, it is doing this born thing where it's doing the quick cut and it's showing them like reach for whatever they can and try and hit each other with it. But it, it it's bad because you can see all the setups to the moves like before they actually mm-hmm. performed them. Like you, I could see like. Zoe Saldana being like, okay, I'll stand here and then you'll grab me. And then, like, you see that part. Okay, so like, I want to say something about this that that it ch- it changed my opinion a little bit. And, and it's kind of sad because I agree with you. I mean, this whole fight sequence is very underwhelming. But watching all of these behind the scenes, she was going over that scene specifically on how her character would fight in real life. And mm-hmm. you know, she was talking about all these people trying to give her tips and tricks on how to fight and all these professionals. And she's like, no, that's not how Catalina would fight. It would be scrappy. It would be being utilizing everything. She had her character dialed in and she knew exactly how she wanted to fight. And she had the, the director help her with yeah. it. And it did not come across. Look, here, here's the thing. like you, They clearly watched Bourne. They were like, oh, that book kill is really... The book... When he uses the book hit the guy is really cool and they're like what Copy can we paste. do what can we do oh toothbrushes like it's like hey what about she, john wick i mean he does no, all that exactly they they find all these practical items that you would find in a normal setting and they make them cool this one tries to do that but it it's not cool like john wick uses a book to break a guy's jaw and it looks awesome it in this cool they pick she picks up toothbrushes and just stab what does she it. do with them like it, it, it's not cool at all yeah but everything about this this scene, there's no movement to this actual movement to this uh, choreography and that is interesting to me. Like, it, it's just them standing in the center of this room, kind of like trading blows, and then a gun flies into the, the bathtub, and then they're just trading blows, and, and the cuts are awful. Like, it, it was just like, it, it was embarrassing for me to watch, honestly, and, and that's just... Maybe I'm overblowing it. No, but it's, it was it, you're right. Boring. It's like almost reminds me of like a stop motion. Like you're setting each position for these people so deliberately, but the smoothness of it, the overall flow is is not there. Yeah. And so you see, like you know, instead of the final product of stop motion, you see those individual setups, and it, it just doesn't. I mean, it, it didn't feel uh, like a resolution. Like all this thing she's been going for this whole movie was just why. Yeah, and, I, mean, and I, I kind of liked the, the the little bit of twist with the dogs, but yeah, in the and, end, and I the did want to fight. I did want to lead into there. like so. So I think we all agree that the action is executed poorly here, uh, but from an emotional standpoint, do are y'all satisfied at all at any point in this finale here? Like, is it on an emotional level? Does it work for any of you guys? Mm, 
I don't, I can't say I felt any emotion while watching this. It just kind of, it just happened. I felt one emotion. Rage. (laughs) (laughs) I knew those dogs were coming back into play. I called it the second that she, they, they really, uh, what's it called? Um, they really telegraphed. Yeah. Foreshadowed Mm. when they show, when they show her walking away from her dogs, like eat. I was like, nope, that's coming back into play. Yep. And sure enough. Yep. I, that was a nice little button Game of Thrones on, on that sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's much more to say on this ending other than just, like, they should not have used Johnny Cash's hurt. That <laughs> was... that. Well, and oh also my, the little I, interrogation uh, with the pseudo-boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, who yes, that has too. his own emotional stuntedness to him, takes a picture, and then... Three questions. I love you. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was that, so cheesy. It, it, there's some like metaphor about birds and leaving the window open and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. If you love something, let them go. They'll come back. Yeah. Forget about yet again the twenty people she killed and didn't tell you about twenty two. Twenty two. Well, okay. But freaking hurt. That's that's the hurt. Thing you're hung up. That's the song you put at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, this is such a good epic movie. Let's throw hurt okay, at the end. Noah, the most heartfelt, Noah, emotional song. You're 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 drawing too much internal emotion. Like it's not that bad. It's it was a good song choice. Wrong. It's just a great, not a great movie. Any song would have been bad, but because we like that song so much, it no, ruins it even no, more. No, 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 no. It's not just because we like the song. It's because the meaning of the song is ruined by how bad this movie is. This this movie feels <laughs> well. like someone giving a speech in their second language. It's not like you, you can see what effect they're trying to go for, but mm. the fact that they aren't super comfortable in it makes it awkward yeah. and almost embarrassing. So that's that's what I got from a lot of this movie was that That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. It's they put there the are a lot in Google of, Translate. That's yeah, what we got. There are a mm. lot of foreign elements to it, but they're trying to display a certain amount of uh, Hollywood razzle-dazzle, you know? But they're not familiar with it. And that would explain why all of the actors, their lines are just over-explaining, like, what their intentions are. Right. Yeah. And it's, so, like, that's why it's kind of frustrating to watch because you you can see what their goal is. And we are so familiar with better works in this area that it's it's glaringly obvious to us. Yeah. I feel like they didn't quite know how this was going to come across. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For, I don't know. To, to, to combat that point of uh, hurt, like, it's, to me, it's like, you know, you know how sh- uh, some chefs will throw, like, gold on a... On gold, a dinner, gold leaf. You and your yeah, analogies. Gold leaves on a, <laughs> on, gold leaves so on a gold dinner. On <laughs> yeah, this is not like a. This is like not like a good dinner. This is a freaking Twinkie, and they like. Look, oh, the thing is, they don't realize it's a bad movie. They, there. I honestly think they tried to make a good movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so too. The thing is, it, what's kind of sad and embarrassing about it is like they they probably thought they had something with this, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's put her at the end. That'll really. Hammer it all together. Hammer it home. Right. Uh, And nope. (laughs) Doesn't. Uh, 
I know. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm more upset by that than I should be. But. No, I. No, but I, I, I understand what you mean, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Like, yeah. I don't know. It for me, it feels like it. It's like an insult to me because that's kind of a song that I cherish in one way, and then they're like, "Oh, let's throw it on this movie that well, we especially just patched together." And then again, I don't know. I don't want to draw too many comparisons to Leon because I, I think that's right. unfair to this movie. But compared to the last song at Leon, the closing song there. Mm-hmm. And it's so fitting. Every line, every lyric is like basically the movie and the that characters. That was Sting, right? Yeah. Um, this one is like Noah said. It's like too grandiose because we had no substance before it. Right. To live up to that song, that closing. Yeah, I feel like they needed something like new metal, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. down with a sickness or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I stand alone. Yeah, yeah Godsmack. They <laughs> say that a hero can save us. Hey, we found a way to insert that song, Reese. Yeah. We did it. There you go. You did it. You did it. Um, all right. So that's that's the end of the story. Uh, any of y'all have any closing comments on the, the story before we get into the other portion of this podcast? I love you. <laughs> all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and on the other end we're going to get into our reviews of the film also talk about what critics thought get into some box office and then wrap it all up with some franchise talk does this movie have a future uh or is there anything else going on with Please this franchise God, I hope not yeah well well <laughs> yeah we'll see you then Welcome back. Let's talk Colombiana. David, we're going to do our our quick reviews first. You want to pull our reviews at random there from that bowl? I will. And the first score we have is Irina with a 4.5. Yeah, I I think 5 is the marker where something is at least rewatchable to some degree. Mm -hmm. 4.5... I, I don't find this movie very rewatchable. I If it were on, I would probably glance at it here and there because I like Zoe Saldana and I think she sells her scenes so the best like she can. So if you're on vacation and you're in a hotel and literally nothing else is on and you see this on? Yeah, I'd probably let it play while I did some artwork or something. Ugh, scroll through Instagram. I don't know. It's It's just, it's not horrible enough. There's elements where i can see people trying you know and i i still think that awards a movie points i can at least follow it to some kind of juvenile degree and there are moments that honestly kind of made me laugh so i there's a small amount of entertainment to be gleaned from it but for the most part i'm i found it very disappointing it was easy for me to separate this from Leon the Professional. That's why in my review, I haven't actually compared the two at all. I don't think there are any ties whatsoever, mm. which um, is a relief to me. I'm so glad they didn't, you know, they only in spirit tried to continue that story. 
Unfortunately, everyone seemed to be on a different page as far as what movie they were getting into, and um, it left you with sort of a confusing mess of things, and uh, I think I'll leave it at 4.5. All right. All right. Next up is Reese with a 5.2. Oh, wait. That was a 2.5. Yeah, 2.5. I. It is very hard for me to find redeeming qualities about this movie. Uh, and this is after separating it completely from Leon, which I agree with Irina. It is mm-hmm. easy to separate this from Leon the Professional and see it as its own thing. Uh, that said, when you separate it from Leon, you then compare it to its other, to its brethren, that being, you know, born specifically, uh, Mission Impossible, what all the other action movies of this era. And this one doesn't even come close and this movie's it, its main goal is to be an action movie. This is if I were to describe this movie to people, like the genre I would put it under is action. And the action it provides us is honestly terrible. Like I mm. I was not engaged in any of the action sequences in this movie. The only sequence that you know registers anything above like a complete flatline of my heart rate is the 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 prison sequence and that's at the very beginning and i don't even think that's very good like it's fine it's like it's like competently directed but i don't i'm not really it's like okay cool i could see zoe zaldana playing catwoman in a better movie like that that's <laughs> the only thing that that did anything for me like another thing is i feel like the script for this movie was probably much better and what Olivier Megaton does with it is just dumbs down every aspect of that. Uh, there's no emotional weight to any of this movie. Like, I, I didn't feel anything for any of the characters. I think Zoe Saldana is doing a decent job uh, carrying this movie, but her relationships with all these other characters are, are it's just, I don't care what is happening. Like, the, the bad guy, I don't, I know this is supposed to be some big revenge story because her parents died. I never had a connection with her and her parents. Like, I never got to know that relationship to make me feel sad about it. And I never got to know this bad guy in a meaningful way for me to care about him dying. Like, it just doesn't show me enough. Mm. Uh, On top of that, the dialogue is terrible. There's so much, like, just saying and not showing, like, through, you know, just facial expressions. It's a lot of, like, hey, I feel this way, and this is why this is happening sort of dialogue. I love you. It... (laughs) So it it's not a terrible, terrible movie, but I it I, I find it very forgettable. I will never rewatch this thing. If it is on the TV, I will turn off the TV and read a book. Like uh, like that is that's saying some for no, Reese. I have no, no I have n- no affinity for this movie. I don't think it has. It, it, there's very few redeeming qualities. I didn't hate myself watching it, but I I will never watch it again. So two point five. All right, dang. There it is. Next up is David with a five. I had a feeling I was going to be on the higher end here, which is saying something when you give something a five. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short because I feel like you and Irina did a very good job of explaining similar (laughs) feelings. Um, I'm just going to say this is not a terrible movie. It is also not a good movie. It is a nothing movie. The and the reason I gave it a five was strictly because of the effort that was put into this. Um, especially when you watch the behind the scenes and I am definitely pushing it up a little bit more because of that more than most people should. Um, but Zoe Saldana gave 110% on this. She sold to me 
that she was in this. Um, there are other actors who I was also very much impressed with. I think that there was there were scenes that could have been better, um, but even the cinematography isn't terrible. It's just it just doesn't translate well. And I think there is a good movie here. I bet you if you gave all the raw footage to another producer, they could make something out of this. I don't think that's the argument. I I agree with no, you. No, I know, but I, I, I'm just saying like there is there is stuff to be gleaned from. This I, I don't think de- it's bad. There's I agree with you. There's definitely a good movie that could be made out of this material. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and what they filmed wasn't bad either. It's just it's just it didn't they didn't piece it together right. Um, this is kind of like Suicide Squad in a way where they, it got a lot of hate, but I think there's a good movie in there. I actually kind of enjoy it, and you know if given the right person, we would have a good movie. Uh, but anyway, that being said, I'm I was thinking about lowering it because it it's not great, but I'm gonna stick with a five on this one. All right. Next up, Noah with a three. A, wait, a dastardly three point I love all your adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I don't get how this got made. <laughs> well, I mean, we know how it got made. We explained it. Uh, yeah. Okay, but like the ticket camera. Know. Okay, so if they explained it so well to Zoe Saldana, this is a complete and utter betrayal to her well yeah it that was it came out this well, way keep in mind it was luke basson who who pitched yeah. it to her which he wasn't really the director of this so yeah, that's where it went wrong well that that's why i feel completely comfortable giving it a three because i think the movie that came out is not the movie that he tried to sell to uh-huh, her definitely and i think that that like is a complete betrayal to her who is i think a phenomenal actress I don't, I don't know. So I, I just, just want to jump in because I I know how you're feeling, and you know what's funny is that I watched a video of this like um, AMC local theater decided to put their own YouTube channel together, yeah. and they were interviewing people who watched the movie like that came out of the theater. You know how many of them gave this like a twelve out of ten? What? Like so all of them weren't weren't most of those really old men? They were. Are also oh. <laughs> oh no wonder they like it yeah well, no, i don't know funny. why they liked it it was it was funny well, it's they're, just they're, a funny they're stuck at home with agatha so this is very <laughs> spicy for them uh, don't forget opal yeah opal too <laughs> oh nina <laughs> anyways um i just thought i thought this was kind of an atrocious use of my time <laughs> and my score reflects that. <laughs> That's very well said. An atrocious waste of my time. I, I want a quote. I want that put I want on something. I want that in writing. <laughs> All right. Well, in which case, uh, you're in good company, Noah, because yeah. uh, AJ comes in at a 3.5. Hey. All right. So I pretty much went into this knowing I was going to lower my score. I think I gave it a little bit of goodwill. Uh, so let's immediately change that to an even three. Um, there it is. My that point five was really kind of goodwill from Zoe Saldana, and she does a, a good job. I mean, we've we've said that's pretty much the highlight of this, but I don't think she also blows away the performance either, because you know, and, and this could be direction and, and the edit and stuff. But even some of the other performance, there's not a whole lot of complicated emotion either. So I mean, she does well in the action sequences, but there's still some flatness in her action where there could be, you know, more character mm-hmm. and that could be her, could be direction. I don't know, but it's, it's not an amazingly breathtaking performance regardless, yeah. uh, but it is good. 
So that is the saving grace for the movie. At the same time, I mean, Reese kind of took all my points here. It's it's supposed to be this Hollywoodified action movie, yet there's no adrenaline pumping, memorable action sequences. Um, and then from the indie bones of this movie, we don't have any kind of character growth or story. And I feel like we're also giving Luc Besson kind of a unfair pass here possibly because I mean, this is, he not only wrote the original script, but worked with the director on revising the script and was, a, you know, the producer of it. So it's not mm. like he was like, here's, I wrote the story, make a movie out of it and had no ties to it after that. Um, I still think this was his pet project. You know, he just wasn't at the helm directorially. Mm. So, yeah. um, and that's interesting to think about because, you know, there is from the story, uh, whether it's separated from Leon or not, um, potential here for, you know, just creating a character that actually has some depth to it. But as we got, you know, an action movie without excitement, we have no character development from anything or, you know, really any impulse, excuse me, any, what's the word, investment, um, yeah. tension-wise for any kind of motivation for this character for revenge. Like, I don't, I mean, Noah's not far from it saying, this is not a good use of my time. Like, why <laughs> are we wanting to see this to his resolution? It's okay to see where it's going the first time, but yeah, I'm with Reese. I have no interest in watching this again. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's unfortunate because, like, there could be a lot more there, and for whatever, whatever reason... Maybe it was just to make a Hollywood blockbuster out of nothing, but I don't know. Like, we got nothing. It's such a missed opportunity. Like, this one yeah. makes me sad because I've seen a ton of crappy action movies that are similar to this one. And this one actually had the the something in it that could have been really utilized mm -hmm. to be something better. And it just wastes it. Well, you, you, you know what that is? It's actually... It's, Many of them are stupid, but they're fun. And this was boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it toes the, so it tries to straddle the fence and it's like it takes the wrong choice on every decision. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, Pretty you know, much. and I don't know, like, David, David, you never answered if this was rewatchable for you. How did it compare to mm. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I would rewatch Tomb of the Dragon Emperor over this. I, I will agree with you there. Yeah. I would probably watch that. Over this. Yeah, this yeah. is it's so, really sad, but I would too. For our confused listeners, David is remembered always for giving Tomb of the Dragon Emperor a 7 out of 10 when we, when we reviewed that film over a year ago at this point. And we will compare every one of his reviews to the, his review of that film. Uh, and I am in agreement. It's I do find standard. I would rather watch The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, than this film. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so hey, everyone's on my team this that's time. A, that's a, <laughs> take, take the W, David. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to what the critics thought of this film. And there's a, there's a little, a minor surprise here, I'll say. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 27% with an audience score of 67%. I told you the audience liked huh. it. So that is... Uh, that's fresh from the audience. Like, not that fresh, but fresh. Uh, like, a, like a fresh pile of crap? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Uh, on Metacritic, the movie has a 
45 out of 100, which is not a overall negative score from critics. Yeah. That is uh, okay. mixed. And a audience score of 5.6, so also mixed. I probably ought to give you our average so you know how we stack up against that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There but, we go. Sorry, I totally forgot. That's right, a- I forgot a- too. No, so, AJ, AJ, you want to... I'll set it up so I can go into it okay. again. AJ, you want to crunch those numbers for us? All right, group average is 3.6, um, and that puts it overall on our ranking list. Okay, so we are... 3.6, that is below A Good Day to Die Hard and above Queen of the Damned. So it looks like we're about fourth from the last. How did Queen of the do Damned you know go that low? Do you know what's sad? I would put Queen of the Damned over this it, movie. Oh, I think because it's fun, stupid. It yeah, actually, yeah. And that, that's yeah. including Wild Wild West, one of our missing episodes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. This is third to last. Yeah, so I... I'll, I'll say something. I would uh, I would watch Queen of the Damned first only for its campy nature and how dumb it is, like mm-hmm. Irina said. But I will say, on paper, it is a worse movie than this one. What yeah. about Neverending Story 2, which is... Oh my gosh, you can't... Neverending Story 2 like, is the, always the, the worst. Neverending Story is like a negative. We story. all know. Be specific, Neverending Story 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The second one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's 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 get into Critics. And there's a couple of surprises here, guys. Are we going to do this again? Yes, we are. Okay. That's what I got to do. It, it's easier you on my editing. Just, Didn't you already? Lazy just, bum. Just let Are you calling it. me a lazy bum? I hey, spent hey, hours hey. on the edit. He's the one that Fine. edits it. Let him do yeah, it Yeah, he's wearing he a trilby wants. and sneaking into other people's phones and sending pictures to random people at the dispatch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my lady. <laughs> that is that made me so mad. <laughs> All right. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 27%. And uh, the audience score is, wait for it, 67%. So, what? Yeah, so technically fresh there from the audience. So, yeah, th- there's You're a little right, above all of us. Yeah. Uh, on Metacritic, this movie has a 45, which is actually a mixed score. So there's there's positives and negatives. Metacritic's and, always low. Uh, Metacritic, yeah, Metacritic typically is is a lower score than Rotten Tomatoes. And I haven't explained this in a while, so I'll guess, I, I guess I'll go into that real quick, how this works. So Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the percentage you see on Rotten Tomatoes is the percentage of critics that liked it. It's not like that movie's actual score. It's like, so Columbiana, for example, got a percentage of 27, positive. yeah, 27%. That's the percentage of audiences or percentage of critics that were like, go see this movie. Uh, this the, the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is it do, doesn't factor in all of the mixed reviews in between. Like a critic can be like, yeah, I give Columbiana a 5.5 out of 10, which is a mixed review. But they're then asked like, hey, is that positive or negative? And they'd be like negative. So then in their algorithm that goes in is like a 0%. Uh, so 27%, while that sounds terrible, that might mean that there's actually more mixed reviews for that film than you think. 27% mm-hmm. just, sounds off, but it's, it's just a different statistic. I mean, you're comparing apples to tomatoes, so. Yeah. And Metacritic is an actual, like, condense or, or an average of the critical scores. Though mm-hmm. it gets weird with Metacritic, too, because some critics' scores are weighed more than other critics based off, like, their standing, I guess. So it's it's even more confusing in a way. Uh, but 45 out of 100 is probably a more accurate representation than 27% of 100% uh, when you actually want to kind of get a sense of what critics thought of this movie. So mm-hmm. it is it is kind of mixed, trending towards negative with Columbiana. 
Uh, the audience score for Metacritic is 5.6, also a mixed score. And on IMDb, which is an audience-based score, it has a 6.4, so that is mixed, almost negative, but still kind of in that that, that safe zone there. Uh, so overall, this is kind of surprising to me, because this movie for me is so obviously kind of like a bad movie. Uh, to see that it actually has, you know, support is kind of surprising. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but seeing these scores, like it, they're not great scores, but they're better than I would have expected. Definitely better than I expected. Well, it's the one time I agree with the tomato meter. Yeah, I honestly feel like this so, is one of those movies where an audience they just kind of had blinders on for it. It's kind of it aesthetically matched what they're used to seeing. So they're like, oh, there's an attractive female lead. She's doing action-y stuff. It's edited mm, yeah. to look like an action movie. In, I know. In terms of box ticking, it ticks the boxes. Yep. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know that, what what is that fruit or pineapple or whatever that you can eat and it changes your taste buds? No idea. Catnip? <laughs> what? Pineapple. No, no, no. So it's, it's like this food that... Uh, you eat it and it changes sour things to sweet and sweet things to sour. I've never heard of that, but I'm, I'm oh, intrigued. No, I'll look about. up. What Szechuan it? peppercorn numbs. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's, it's like dirty, that, but for like movie taste. So these people probably like took one of those. It's called the watching. miracle fruit. The screen, the screenings for the movie. They're just like, hey, just take a spoonful of this real quick. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. I love that picture you just. It's legit in. called the miracle fruit. Sensipalum. <laughs> Dulcificum. There you, uh, go. There you nice. go. Yeah, it's like that, but for movie taste. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, critically, mixed to negative. Not outright negative, though, which I was kind of expecting an overall mm-hmm. like negative you know, reception for this film. It was not. Uh, let's move on to the box office. This movie released on July 27th in 2011 against the other new releases. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and Our Idiot Brother, that Paul Rudd movie. Mm, that uh, Paul Rudd movie. Yeah. Yes. Also in theaters at the time were uh, The Help and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. So this is, uh, to put it in, uh, contextualize this, this is late summer, so usually the big blockbusters have already come out and they're kind of waning, and this is like just the kind of the last desserts. They're mm. just pushing out the last films before we get into the fall season. Uh, not a lot of big movies during this season, but some of them do manage to break out in a big way. Um, this movie was budgeted at $40 million, which is about the, the standard price for a film like this. It's a mid-budget film. What do y'all think this did worldwide, based off that $40 million budget and its, uh, its release date? Let's go with AJ first. So this is tough because, obviously, the audience scores were a lot higher than what we anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also don't know how to factor in the international factor for this movie, given Mm -hmm. its international origins or European origins. So summer, I'd say 80. 80 worldwide for AJ. Noah. I'm actually going to go a little high on this one because I think it probably failed to continue for other reasons than box office. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, 180. Okay. Oh, wow. All right, yeah. David. I was going to lean towards 80 as well, but you know what? I don't remember seeing this movie coming out. I bet you a lot of people didn't. If it didn't do well in the U.S., it probably didn't do well overseas. I'm going to say 65. 65. Irina. Hmm. It's 
kind of tough because I I do think that Zoe Saldana was kind of a name draw at that time. And so, like, if I knew more about it, I'd be like, yeah, action hero. I would love to see that. So, um, maybe not 80, but I'm going to go with 70. 70? I'm going to say, though, I don't think she was a big household name at this time. Her biggest movie before this was Guess Who? Yeah, but she did Avatar already, Avatar. right? Oh, she did, yeah. but she was yeah. also not very known because it was uh, a CG, CG. character. I think Star Trek was out She did Avatar and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this she was, was like... This was, was like right her around f- the exact This same was her time. 15 minutes. And she yeah. had a very small role in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and but then you know out. that had absolutely zero effect I know, on audiences. I know, I just wanted to throw it in there. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Anyway. Well, she was also in Crossroads, Britney Spears The movie. point is, I think she was... Up and coming yep. at this point. Mm. All right, Arena, you were almost right on the money. Really? Hey, yep. look what? at me. This movie yeah, is world, worldwide did 71 oh, come million. On. Dude, that sucks. I was close, <laughs> too. Oh, Y'all were both close. I was off, I was off by six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, AJ and David time. were close. Noah, right. you had 100. Oh, hey. <laughs> I respect I was, it. I, respect, I was no, shooting I, high. I respect the audacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, seventy-one million. This movie was not particularly successful. It wasn't an outright bomb. Uh, something about it. I don't think it had the biggest like marketing campaign, so I don't think a, a whole lot was spent on advertising. It's a pretty small budget too uh, for this forty kind of movie, but forty million, and then a seventy-one million worldwide. Is this not movie did not get a profit. Uh, I don't know what its DVD, Blu-ray sales were, but probably not good. This this is one that I do see in the bargain bin a lot, or at least I did at the time. Mm. So I, I could see it like garnering kind of a second life. Uh, amongst people who are are not looking for something really high minded with their their action, I could see them throwing this on and enjoying it, and yeah. you know, people throwing it in their cart. And but I, I don't actually have the figures. Nearly on Nearly ten million in DVD sales. Okay, so that th- that's not nothing. It's not. I don't think that's that great though. Yeah, I don't think it's enough to justify a full blown fifteen sequel. if you include bl- include Blu-ray. If you include Blu-ray, yes. okay uh yeah so that's that's fine i i i just don't think there's enough here the the critical reception was not great audiences liked it but they didn't love it there there's no like hashtag release the columbiana sequel uh it's this just kind of occupies that that ground of like oh yeah you know that was a an action movie it did its thing it, it left it didn't cost the studio way too much it, it was I, I i would imagine this took a bit of a loss for i, I want to say it was sony um but that said there's still there was still discussion upon uh, even recently about there potentially being a sequel or a prequel to this film and uh so first off this isn't a sequel at all but a there's a Beng- bengali film that was made that was uh a remake of this called, if I can pronounce it correctly, Agni, A-G-N-E-E. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there was a uh, there was a remake of this film that came out, and there, there's some like legal disputes over that thing. That is so weird. It's so weird to pick this movie as like something to remake, but okay. But as recently as, as 2015, there was actually discussions about a uh, a prequel or sequel to this film, uh, Columbiana Two. And uh, Luke Besson was like, he, he was wanting this thing to be made. He's actually like invested in this universe and wanted some sort of sequel or prequel to be, be made for this. And, and Zoe Saldana was even interviewed and actually expressed interest in returning 
as the character. Uh, but since then, it's been six years. There's been nothing about this. I, I, I don't think we'll ever get a Columbiana sequel or, or prequel. I, I think it's safe to say that that's not it's happening. Done. Uh, but it, it is weird that this kind of undead version of this this idea was, you know, shambling along all the way to 2015 uh, before it was finally just shot in the head. Um, so yeah, like I. I if you were to ask me if there's ever going to be any more Colombiana, especially portrayed by Zoe Saldana, I, I think there's no chance in hell like that's not happening. Uh, but what do y'all think? Yeah, I, I don't see anything that strongly indicates there would be a sequel or prequel. Yeah. Um, I could imagine somewhere along the line a movie coming out that is supposed to be in the same universe, yeah. but I, I can't imagine they would pick this line back yeah. up specifically. I would actually love if they brought back Natalie Portman for her own movie, and I know mm. we talked about this in the last yeah. episode, I would be so down to see a movie if they just erased Columbiana, which I know is not actually part of the the franchise, but it's kind of the spiritual sequel. If they just erased that from existence and had an actual proper sequel to Leon the Professional, though it's a it, instead it's a grown-up Matilda played by right. Natalie Portman. We all want it. We all want it. I would watch mm. that. I think I people think that... just want a mainstream La Femme Nikita. And so, yes. like, I mean, that's been done now. And even, like, look at, like, something like Wanted with Angelina Jolie on the poster. And, yeah. I mean, but well, you've got some cool twists with that. I don't, well, well I mean, even Atomic Luke, Blonde. Luke, Luke Besson has already done a, a mainstream La Femme Nikita with... Lucy. No, he yeah that and but more specifically, he came out with a movie last year. I want to say that was called Anna, and it was very much that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but that that's what I've heard. I've heard it's like just a lesser version of his You're original right. film. I, I do feel like this time period is pumping out movies more like this. Like, didn't we also have Salt with Angelina Jolie around this time? Yeah, that wasn't Luke Besson, but the, the same. I'm not saying Luke Besson. I'm just saying female-led sort of like action. Yeah, Salt, Salt, and Lucy. I want to say came out in almost the same and year. And Hannah. And Hannah, that's true. That also came around that time. Yeah. A lot of, like, single single female-named movies. Punch. Yeah. Sucker Punch uh, Atomic, and Atomic Blonde. Atom mm -hmm. Atomic that was a little Blonde bit later, but... Is awesome. I, I stand by yeah. that one. Uh, I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't know... I don't think it was... Yeah, there's still talks of that keep going. So, yes. not a dead franchise. And even potentially... Com uh, crossing combining with John with Wick. Crossing over with John Wick. Yeah. Which would make sense. Um, all right. So... Before we move on, or I mean, I guess we're at the end. So uh, let's get into honorable or dishonorable. So we are, in this case, let's just for kicks, let's include Leon the Professional as part of this franchise. And does this Ew. movie end on a conclusive note or does it uh, demand a sequel based off of where we leave <laughs> it off? It demands a sequel. <laughs> uh, so actually, I'll... I'll, I'll explain this to our listeners real quick so at the end of our episode we do a honorable or dishonorable uh where we uh, judge a movie based off of how it ends does it end in a way that sets up a sequel and in a way that it doesn't stand on its own or does it conclude all of its its uh the the entire plot and ends on a, a a conclusive note and if it if it does end conclusively then it gets an honorable death if it does not, it gets a dishonorable uh, death. So, you guys, honorable or dishonorable for the Leon franchise? Dishonorable. 
dishonorable. You're, I think it's honorable. I think, no. yeah, I think I'll technically. Okay, no. So let if me, you're including them together, it is. it can't be honorable. Oh, wait, are you? He's including them together. With, with Leon? So what? I would yes. say it's the same for if you're including them together or not. Okay, yeah, all, all right, in, in, in that case, I will split them up. If Columbiana is its own film, is this an honorable or dishonorable death? Columbiana, to me, is dishonorable. Agreed. To, I don't know. To me, Columbiana, I, my heart says dishonorable, but if you're looking at like the practical, like it did finish its stupid story. So <laughs> did it, did it though? Yeah, yeah, because did it. Story or the, on paper, this story. On, so th- this is why I want to say dishonorable is because while we were talking about this film, yes, she did defeat this dawn or whatever but she didn't actually her character was not changed by this sequence and i think the point of the movie was she yearns for you know kind of a normal life or Mm -hmm. to you know have something resolved within her but you never get that and i would argue the door is left open i would argue come back to her boyfriend they also hinted at there being a sequel yeah okay that's that's fair okay let me think of it that way they do the they do the She's whole not like stop killing. Yeah. They do the whole like, oh, there's much more adventure to be had, but they did it in such a way or in a story in which there's not supposed to be more adventure to be had. Yeah. Let's so, okay. I, I, I y- y'all swayed me. I was originally yeah. going to go with honorable cuz I was like, yeah, it concludes. Not but, hard to convince us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with dishonorable what on was, this one as well. What was your uh thought on that, AJ? No, I'm I'm with you, and and it, just expounding on that is you know, I can I she didn't grow, she didn't have a conclusive moment of redemption. I don't yeah. see her as stopping killing anytime soon because she's going to find some other thing that needs. I don't know. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing is we don't have a growth arc. We are told what her redemption story and character growth is supposed to be. We don't get that even if you know in her closure moment. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Columbiana has handed me its papers, and I have pulled out the dishonorable stamp, <laughs> and I am stamping it. Dishonorable for Columbiana. Sorry, Columbiana. Maybe next time. In fact, no, please, not next time. <laughs> she handed you her passport, but instead you deported her. She oh, vomited gosh, on I'm your desk. Sorry. You can take that out. I'll take it out. You can take I'll that take out. out. I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, she vomited on, on the desk. Um, all right. Next week. Ooh, I'm excited for this one, guys. We are talking about Sicario, Denis Villanueva's film. Uh, this one. I, I'm don't, okay. Don't I'm gonna get too excited. I'm gonna, yet. I'm, I'm, I've seen the film. I will try not to reveal my hand, except I feel like I already have. But uh, yeah, we are we're closing out our our vigilante mini series or Hitman with a heart, if you want to call it, uh, series with the two Sicario films, starting with Denis Villeneuve's Sicario, followed by Sicario: Day of the Soldado. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited for this uh, next couple of films uh so yeah until then we'll see you guys you must expect the unexpected she's like missed under a door <laughs>